Hello again and welcome to episode number 33 of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And happy Mother's Day, Patrick. Happy Mother's Day to you. Yes, now your mom double dips because it was her birthday earlier in the week and now yeah. it's Mother's Day, so this happens every year. Yeah, she uh, she hits me pretty hard. Yeah. Every year, yeah, this is a this is a rough week for you because you, better, you have to go out of your way twice for. It. Yeah, you better show up and do good or else, you know. So yes, Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there and famous wrestling mothers, Linda McMahon, of course, Brie Bella, Brie Bella, yeah, new mom, new mom, Brie Bella with Birdie Joe or whatever. That's yeah, let's not celebrity kid names. I mean, little birdie. How do you come up with that name? The only time I've heard it used on television, though, there was a character on Mad Men that her nickname was Birdie, but it wasn't her actual name. So that's the only time I've ever heard that as a name. Yeah, I can't imagine. I don't want to be Birdie. No. Who I wants to be called that? Well, I mean, maybe she'll go by her middle name. Who knows? That that little girl's going to have a rough life. I think she's going to have just a fine life because uh, I think Daniel Bryan no. and uh, Brie Bella and John Cena and Nikki Bella, the Bella family, is going to take good care of... Uh, yeah, children. but she's going to be bullied by other kids and everything else. I don't think name. that's going to be happening. Oh, yeah. You don't want to bully the kids of pro wrestlers because John Cena and Daniel Bryan can show up at your school and... Oh, that's nothing. Oh, that's nothing. Yeah. Or even their moms. I mean, the Bella Twins, they got they improved before they retired. They were never great wrestlers, no. but they, especially Nikki, I thought, improved greatly towards her last match. If that is going to be her last match, we'll have to wait and see. I doubt it. You know, they always come back in right. wrestling. But yeah. I do. I did think that uh, both of them improved more and more as they went along. So uh, they're pretty tough women too. So don't bully their kid. I mean, WWE, be a star. I That's think you can say. take them. I think you can take the Bellas. Well, I only because of our weight advantage, we could wrestle the Bella Twins or whatever. It's our not, weight advantage, or just yeah, yours. Are you trying to say I'm fat? <laughs> Well, the Bella Twins weigh about 75 pounds, I think. That's true. Soaking wet. Yeah. I think, you know, Nikki has a little bit extra excessive weight, but... Uh, yeah, she's always going to be carrying around a little extra weight uh, but, around her but, upper chest region. But Brie, Brie's like 75 pounds. She looks almost anorexic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... Like, she's got to eat a cheeseburger. Well, there were some pictures of her, you know, they live on Instagram or whatever, but uh, she got pretty big with this baby, so... Yeah, she did, actually. And there were some pictures of her... I'm not knocking the looks of a pregnant woman, I'm just saying she looked very different. So there you go. A new mom in the Bella Twins and Brie Bella. So what do you have... uh, uh, What else do you have... For us from the world of pro wrestling this week. Jake the Snake Roberts opens up Snake Pit Wrestling School in Atlanta. Go. I don't envision this being a good school. Now, here's Go why. Go and learn from the best. You're not going to learn from the best because he's not going to be the one in the ring teaching you. Yeah, he is. He's very limited in what he could do physically in the ring. He is going to be in the ring one-on-one teaching these kids. He's going to be more involved with the promo side of the training. Uh, I don't... In the ring, you're going to get people employed by him. But this happens at a lot of wrestling schools where it's operated by a famous wrestler, but then you show up. Most famously, you know, the the sons of Stu Hart opened up their own wrestling school, and that's where Jericho went or whatever, and he got the wrong Hart family, basically. You know, I mean, he still was trained properly, but this happens a lot. I mean, if you go to any of the wrestling schools run by wrestlers, uh, you know, 
you're going to get other trainers. I mean, right. it's just bound to happen. Even if he does step in the ring and, and spar with somebody or whatever, it's I still think he offers more on the psychology and he can coach you verbally and then help you out. But I don't, I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't be looking to Jake to help me physically in the ring. I think, I mean, just the ring psychology, just the mental game, promo work alone makes Jake Roberts that's I mean stand out among any other wrestlers to go and learn just that from him alone makes it well worth the opportunity Braun Strowman got injured yes so now uh the Extreme Rules pay-per-view is lacking its main event basically yeah because we were gonna have Strowman and Lesnar I know it was gonna be Strowman and Reigns again Lesnar is not coming back. He's not advertised until Great Balls of Fire. Well, they were building for Strowman and Lesnar. I think that's the direction they were. And they can still head in that direction. There just won't be a a blow-off match between Reigns and Strowman. There won't be an ambulance match is what I guess is what the stipulation would have been. Yeah, because Strowman tipping him over in the ambulance and then uh, after the end of the last pay-per-view... Him running at the end of Payback when he ran through the door of the ambulance. So Payback in this upcoming pay-per-view, Extreme Rules, I mean, they're just nothing pay-per-views anyway. Right. So these are the kind of pay-per-views that they are taking advantage of having network subscribers because we would never buy these based on the cards that they've produced. For him to sit it out, I mean, it's only a four to eight week injury, so yeah, he'll be back in time for the Lesnar match if that's the if they're going to go there that early. I don't think they really lose anything other than that Roman doesn't is going to have to just have a nothing match with somebody. I don't know who they're going to yeah. program with him in the meantime, but the good thing for them is that they've got they've got another month until their pay-per-view, so they can still do a four-week build because the SmackDown pay-per-view is coming up after this is published. It'll be this weekend. So they've got that, you know, the company's got that and a takeover special. And so the focus right now isn't even on the Raw brand. So it's going to be just fine. Yeah, they're all geared towards Backlash. And so the company's focused on the Backlash card, the takeover card, and the uh, the UK tournament, which is going to, which has already been taped and is going to air this week. So you'll see the focus of the company is not on Raw at the moment. So yeah. Uh, if you're ever going to, there's never a good time to be injured, but this is a good time to be injured. Well, speaking of injuries, Emma got injured overseas and had to leave the tour early. I feel bad for her because, you know, during that Emmalina time, as they were, you know, she was healthy yeah. during uh, most of that. She was just coming off an injury when they started those promos, but she was cleared to wrestle. If not at the first promo, well into, I mean, it was like three months of those Emmalina promos where they yeah. kept her off TV. Yeah. She finally comes back. She gets injured right away again. Yeah. So I feel really bad for her. Her career has really, I mean, when they start you in a comedy jobber position with Santino, it's going to be a tough time getting back. Yeah. It's going to be a tough rebuild. They were going in a direction. They were with Dana Brooke again as her understudy, I think. And so they were just getting that going. And yeah, you get injured again. It's very unfortunate for her. Again, there's a lot more depth in the women's division now. So it's not like they were leaning on her to to do anything. So Well, they scrapped the idea of turning Charlotte uh, baby. They were going to well, turn... Well, they're still on the fence about it. There's shades of gray there with, with Charlotte's character. On SmackDown. I think a lot of that, though, has to happen with uh, the picture hacking and leaking and all that stuff. Is They don't want to add any more spotlight or publicity to Charlotte right offhand, let a few more weeks go by kind of thing. Uh, I, I think it more has to do with getting Naomi over as the top babyface. To turn Charlotte babyface would be to then demote Naomi, despite Naomi having the belt. 
Right. So I think it has more to do with that than... I mean, you just crowned Naomi at WrestleMania. Right. But the way they've been booking the women on both shows... It's very confusing. Well, the title is... They drop the title the very next time they defend it. Or they win it the next time they... They have a chance to win it. Right. And so with this seesaw booking, anyway, what I was getting at is that Naomi, if you're going to try to build her as a, as a baby face and make her into the, on, put her on the same level as Charlotte, because right now Charlotte is light years ahead of the women on both shows. Yeah. So if they turned Charlotte and made her a baby face, we've already, we just forget about Naomi. I yeah. mean, and Naomi's character, this, this raver, this clubber, you know, that's not a, that's not a heel gimmick really. You know, yeah. I mean, she has a, very it's a very face entrance and dance and i i'm not a fan of naomi i don't like her ring work i don't like the gimmick i just i'm not a fan of hers you're, you're not feeling the glow no i'm not you can't just have this title going back and forth with becky lynch and charlotte all the time no i agree throw so. throw uh throw dana brooks in there throw you know you had nia Jax. throw her in there throw well they got tamina that's their version of nia Jax on SmackDown. yeah throw so. tamina in there you have natalia is without a doubt one of the most underrated women's wrestlers of all time i think it's time for her to step out and they start really building. I think they've given up on her. I think they've just given up on. See, and I just, don't. I don't understand she's why. She's just there to put people over. And by the way, I mean, part of the reason they were they're contemplating turning her, turning Charlotte, is because there there's not a title match at Backlash. It's a three on three tag, and so it was just to make the clear lines between the, the two teams welcoming committee and whatever the other group is called I, yeah. i'm not sure but that's to change a character just to suit a six-man tag is it's kind of silly anyway so. right the rock says he is running for president in 2020 oh good for him i mean when asked why he said the people have spoken and if someone like donald trump a brilliant businessman can run why can't I? Anybody can run for president. You just have to be 35 so, and a citizen. So I think you should run for president. Uh, well, I'm not 35 yet, so I'm still not eligible, unfortunately. Well, by, or maybe it's 32, I think. By by 2020, you'll be. Oh, be there. So, yeah. Uh, am I? No, I'm not no, going to be there. you won't be Sorry. there yet. Okay, so we'll catch you on the next go-round? Yeah, 2024. I'll run against The Rock, and we'll okay, see how Okay, 2024, ladies and gentlemen. You just heard it. An exclusive. An exclusive. Intern Alex is going to run for president. Wrestlers have, you know, I mean, Jesse Ventura made it a career out of teasing running for president. So, oh, yeah. And Hogan that one time in WCW where he was going to run for president after Jesse won uh, the governorship in Minnesota. This is something that just wrestlers do. And I yeah. mean, I know The Rock isn't really wrestling that much anymore, but... I think The Rock's actually serious about it, though. Well, I mean, look, this guy has accomplished w- so much with... It's 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 incredible because, you know, wrestling actors were always looked upon with such silliness, and they were right. never accepted by the mainstream right. media. And, and even actors being a part of wrestling-type movies, it... it pretty much killed their career action stars yeah were you know for a long time looked down upon but this rock dwayne johnson for he's just so charismatic that he has he's transcended everything and then blown away expectations this weekend he's going to host snl for the fifth time the five timers club on snl that's a big accomplishment for anyone in entertainment to even host it once is pretty impressive but he's hosted it five times and he's mr positivity you know he's just mr so of course, you know, I mean, why not run for president? He's I mean, he's going to uh 
he's the type of person that he's never going to be satisfied. He took over wrestling, then he took over movies, and as soon as it starts getting kind of stale, he has to step up into another position. He's a very driven guy. He's a driven individual, yeah. And so I feel like looking at his track record and his past, you know, moving from football and owning that to moving into wrestling and owning that, then moving into movies and owning that, I feel like, yeah, he's going to, he's actually serious and he's, he's going to, He's not just talk. He's going to back it up. Yeah, I mean, eventually, maybe not in 2020, but he, he's going to contribute something in some way, whether it be through whatever, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's always looking to uh, go out there and contribute. And last but certainly not least, the biggest story of the entire week, this man retired in 1995. Kevin Von Erich is coming out of retirement for one match only he's gonna break out the claw the claw will return one match only and that's probably the one move he will do in the match and so that is i'm ecstatic i'm yeah now you'll you'll have to book a trip to israel so i hope you've got your passport ready you know as a fan just to be able to sit there and see this monumental you know rare opportunity because this is the type of man this isn't Ric Flair, this isn't Hogan who says, oh, I'm retiring. A year later, they get back in the ring. This is a man who hasn't stepped in the ring since 1995. And he's 60 years old. Now. And he's 60 years old. And, you know, and Kevin Von Erich, the last surviving Von Erich, this is uh, this is huge. Especially for me, because, you know, me, you know, Freebirds and uh, and the Von Erichs go hand in hand. So. Well, you love old wrestlers and you love, you're a historian. And so we wish Kevin well here at Retro Wrestling Podcast. I would just love to to be able to... I hope somebody videotapes this match. Oh, it'll definitely be video. Because this in and of itself is something that the world needs to see. Well, just like Goldberg came back to <laughs> wrestle so his kid could see him, now uh, Kevin Von Erich can wrestle in the ring with his sons. So. Yeah, tagging with his sons. So um, Just like he used to do with his dad. So it's a, it's a family Von Erich tradition to uh, wrestle with your kids. So, yeah, I you know we wish him well and uh, show up in Israel and... Kick ass and take names, man. Yeah, the other big story of the week, and I know that we don't talk a lot about Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling, but of course, Adam Cole is a free agent. His contract expired uh, earlier this month, but he still had a couple of dates left, and at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view on Saturday, he was kicked out of the Bullet Club. Uh-oh. Uh, Kenny Omega ordered him kicked out of the Bullet Club. He was then super kicked by the Young Bucks. To take his place, they got a British wrestler named Marty Scroll, I think is how you say it, and so there you go. So he literally was super kicked out. He was super kicked right out of maybe possibly Ring of Honor and super kicked into NXT, which is the big the big rumor. I mean, uh, he's only 27 years old. He's definitely yeah. got a lot of upside. And based on how they how they handle indie talents, you can basically go ahead and assume you're going to do two years in NXT. So if they're going to do, and no matter what your age, because I mean, Samoa Joe was down there for like two years. Right. So if you're going to have to do two years, why don't you just go ahead and sign now and get your two years done and then be on the main roster? Well, that's, you know, that's the thing with, uh, I've said all along, Adam Cole has the ability and the talent to be in WWE and uh, and so now I think he's going to have the opportunity to showcase that talent. Yeah, so at this TakeOver special coming up 
on Saturday. Adam Cole might just be in the crowd. That's going to be the big... Is that what they're going to start doing now? Remember when the newest member of the NWO was sitting out there in the crowd? Yeah. What, the newest member of NXT now is just going to sit every, in the crowd? That's every NXT takeover, it seems like. There's always a new guy sitting in the crowd. Yeah. So that might happen this uh, Saturday at the NXT takeover card. Not a great card, but I don't I don't see Bobby Roode losing to Hideo Itami. I don't see DIY beating the Authors of Pain. So the women's titles in a triple threat, I don't see that changing. So I'm not sure a lot's going to really happen. The only thing that might happen is the UK titles on the line, so Tyler Bate might drop. I would like to see Eric Young get a bigger push than what he's getting. I think they'll get there eventually. They've got to get Bobby Roode out of there so that they can make... So that Eric Young can be in that top spot. I mean, there's only... You know, they can only have one champion at a time, basically. Well, so. yeah. No, I get that. I'm just saying he's kind of been tag team worthy I think he should start main eventing NXT shows. Yeah, so we will see what happens. But. We'll talk about the results next week Yeah, after it happens, but now it is time to hop. We will head back 28 years for my pick this week, which was WWF Primetime Wrestling, which I think could have been called Part-Time Wrestling because part of the time you're wrestling, you're watching wrestling, and then part of the time you're not. Yeah, we, uh, in a two-hour show, had um, four matches, so... <laughs> Just a a quick history lesson about primetime wrestling. It debuted on USA Network in 1985. It aired on Monday nights. So if you technically, if you count this as part of the Monday, because Monday Night Raw took this took its place, right? In 1993, so technically, you could say that Raw's been on the air since 1985. This Raw is just primetime wrestling. No, it's a different show entirely with the same time slot. Yeah, but I mean, it's the same. I just think it could be, you could consider it a continuation. Primetime wrestling was a talk show. Well, primetime wrestling was... With with highlights of wrestling matches. Some highlights, some full matches, all jobber matches, none of which had any consequences uh, to storylines or anything. It was more, it was definitely a recap show. Yeah. Uh, So this aired from 1985 to 93 on USA on Monday nights, usually 8 or 9 o'clock, depending on which year it is. It debuted with the hosts Jesse Ventura and Jack Reynolds. And then Gorilla replaced Reynolds, and then Ventura was replaced by Bobby Heenan. And so for most fans of primetime wrestling, this is the combination that you think of when you think primetime wrestling. Yes. Yeah. Now, towards the end of the run, it would change. They would change it to a talk variety show in 91 with Vince and Bobby Heenan, and they would have a live studio audience. And I actually am curious to see what this looks like, this incarnation. Its final incarnation... This sounds really interesting, too. Primetime's final format debuted at the end of 91 and went on until the end, 93. It was a roundtable discussion. It was supposed to be like a PBS, like, moderated roundtable. And so they would have guests like Jim Duggan, Randy Savage, Mr. Perfect. They'd all sit around a table and talk about the story. So it's like the Legends roundtables that they used to do. It's exactly like that, yeah. That's actually pretty cool. And so that is your story of primetime wrestling. It, of course, ended in 93, and Monday Night Raw took over, and, well, the rest is pretty much history. And this episode that I picked of primetime wrestling has just been added to the network. And briefly, I wanted to touch up. This is your big gripe with the network is that they don't have enough vault content on for your liking. Yes. You have 
you own WCW. Put, you own the largest tape library put, of wrestling. Put in on history. WCW Saturday nights. Put on WCW Thunder. Put on the rest of primetime wrestling. Put on you know. You could have AWA on ESPN. AWA. You can have um. You can have more of the uh, smoke. shotgun Saturday night. Yeah. Oh, I love shotgun. Yeah. Put shotgun on there. Uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Sunday Night Heat. Go ahead and spend the money to doctor up and fix the uh, the video vault of world class and uh, you know get more of those on there. So, but I was thinking to myself, this is a very time consuming process to do all this work. I mean, I don't know what because all it entails. T- okay, you have to go and take the tape. Okay. Then you have to remaster it. Then you have to upload it into the server. And then you take the file, and someone has to watch it basically in real time or like slightly fast-forwarded to find spots they have to cut out, theme songs they have to dub over. And dubbing these theme songs, man, just the work involved with that alone. Why? Why? I don't understand that one. Just rights fees, because... But if it was... The rights fees were paid for when and when it was recorded, so... Some of it, even if they don't... Like, if they don't have a copy of the contract, if that got lost along the way... Yeah. Then they'll just err on the side of caution and just cut it out, because, oh, we don't... You know, we don't want any trouble. Better safe than sorry, so they... Sometimes they dub over stuff that they do own. Yeah, so... Too much legal crap. So this vault content that the network primarily focuses more on original programming now than filling this vault. Yeah. So anyway, the network recently added a lot of episodes of primetime wrestling, including the episode I picked today from July 17th, 1989. Speaking of vaults, just wanted to say this for a second. The uh, Hidden Gems collection, have you look, checked into that at all? I know what's, I know some stuff that's in there. Okay, but they I keep adding to it every couple of weeks. And it is, without a doubt, phenomenal. It's it's well worth checking into. Just but all right, back to primetime wrestling. I do miss uh, I do miss some of the studio based shows. I, I do enjoy the format of just people sitting in a studio and tossing to to matches. The best example I can think of from when I was a kid was Livewire was done basically in a control room with t- Todd Pettengill. Todd and uh, Sonny, right? Yeah, sometimes even uh, Vic Venom, uh, Vince Russo yeah. would be on there. Vince was on there some. But yeah, it was it was basically a guy sitting in a control room just tossing to... I enjoyed that format because when you look at all the WWE shows produced today, they all pretty much look the same. I mean, they all feel very similar. We need to bring back some sort of a talk show. Well, I think that that's what bring it to the table, you know, that's what the that's idea... Not a talk show. That's a pitch fest of who can pee farther. And talking smack is probably now the best. that is a yeah. It's close. It's close. As far as recap shows, this week in WWE that they produce on there would be, I guess, the equivalent of the recap show because I really enjoyed as a kid waking up on Saturday mornings and watching these recap shows. Yeah. Uh, because usually, sometimes I couldn't watch Raw. I wouldn't be allowed to stay up that late or whatever. The interviews and stuff you don't see in the regular show was in there. So you'd get some bonus for watching. Saturday morning cartoons and all that stuff. That's dead. Yeah, man. What happened to Bugs Bunny? You know, these kids today. It's on uh, since cable, since there's cable cartoon network, you know, it's just on all the time. Or those PBS kids channels. Yeah. I mean, these, these kids today, they have it too good. Back in my day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the show opens. Gorilla Monsoon is thrilled that Bobby Heenan is not in his chair. Bobby is no longer with primetime wrestling. In fact, Gorilla says, Bobby's no longer with us. And then he's like, oh, I don't mean he's 
deceased. He's just yeah. not. He's just won't be here anymore. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Primetime Wrestling. I'm your host, Gorilla Monsoon, and as you can see by this empty chair to my right, Bobby the Brain Heenan is no longer with us. Uh, unfortunately, not permanently. Uh, I don't mean that he's expired or anything like that, but Bobby the Brain Heenan has, for the last time, threatened to leave primetime wrestling and start a program of his own, uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan type show. He has, in fact, done that, folks. He is permanently gone here from primetime wrestling. I am just thrilled to death about it. For three years, he sat here, tried to humiliate everyone, embarrass people, did things out in public that embarrassed not only myself, the USA Network, the World Wrestling Federation, and everyone involved in primetime wrestling. We don't have to worry about that anymore because the guy is history. For those of you out there who somehow missed last week's program, and for those of you out there who would just like to see it again, I know I would like to see it again, we're going to take you right now and show you what happened on Primetime Wrestling last week right here. A man who has talent, a man who has ability. Hold it, hold it, hold it, stop uh, everything down he's, right now. He's back. Figures. Stop everything did, down right did now. Did I warn you? Have something of interest? Oh, yes, I do. Oh. And I'm not back. Be my I'm just stopping by for a moment. You see, because I've been with the powers to be on the phone from USA Network. Right. And next week on the 17th of July, I am having my own television show. Oh, lovely. You won't be on it. Terrific. This Ham and Egger third grade education crew won't be on it. That little fur-faced director and his little bitty pal who loses on everything he ever bets on isn't going to be on it. They'll have nothing to do with the show. There'll be no pretty little magazines. There'll be no cheap, cheap $2 banana phone. $2. That's this right. is going with me. And Monsoon, you'll be on your hands and knees begging to be on my show. You'll be pleading me. You'll be able to smell the bananas coming out of sure. your pores when you start begging me. But you know something? You'll never be on my show. You'll never be there, and the likes of you won't be there. It's my show. Great. Next week. Best news I've ever Enjoy heard. yourself. You'll never see me again. Have a nice trip. And so they tossed the highlights from last week on Primetime Wrestling when Bobby Heenan spoke with the powers to be, is what he calls it, at USA Network, and he's getting his own show. He's out of here, you losers. You know, he's going to let Gorilla keep his banana phone, which was a... A phone on the set like a banana for the gorilla, I guess. Yes. And he's going to let Gorilla keep the WWF magazines that were on the desk. He will take his name tag, though. Yeah, he, he's he... taking his nameplate, and Gorilla is not allowed to be on his show ever. When Bobby tells Gorilla this, Gorilla starts clapping and says he's thrilled that he'll never be on the show. He yeah. doesn't want to be on the show. And so that means, of course, we need a new co-host for Primetime Wrestling. It's Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yes. The rowdy one. The rowdy one. Roddy jumps in, and then he kisses Gorilla on the head, and then instead of sitting in the chair, jumps on the desk. Yeah, he decides he's just going to lay down on the desk. And and then he starts sniffing around, because... He sm smells a weasel. He smells the, the remnants of the weasel, I guess. Yes. And then he says, no, nah, I'm not going to sit in Bobby's old chair. No, that's not going to work for me. And then picks it up and chucks it right off the set. Yes. Hello, Roddy. You Good, how are you, Rob? <laughs> you are a gorilla. I just Great. saw Bobby just last night on Times Square. You he did? Was having, oh, yeah, he was having all kinds of fun. Look at him.
looking for a date. He's with this sweet lady, large lady, nice long hair oh, down her back, down her legs. He said, you know, he said that uh, the brain is gone. I heard someone say that. Well, I knew that three years ago. There you go. I mean, we're talking frontal lobotomy. And a it. bottle in front of me, we're talking. Summer slam, was that that? You, somebody slams you, you get some sunshine? You got it. What does that mean, you know? Rod, I've got a chair for you know, you over here. Well, what do you smell? Weasel. You smell a weasel, huh? I smell a weasel. Hey, hello! Oh, I won't do, baby. One more of these, I'm going to blow lunch, honey. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay around just for a while and say hi to you. I'm going to stay around. I saw Bobby Heaton out there with more freaks and geeks than you've ever seen in your life. Made Beijing look like a picnic. Out with the old. So then it's time to go to the first jobber match of the night. Tony Schiavone and Alfred Hayes. Alfred Hayes, Lord Alfred Hayes, excuse me, his, his he was, regal he, title. He was knighted, actually, right, by the Queen of England, so he's Lord. Introduces the Widowmaker, which I had to Google who it was at first. I didn't oh recognize him. Oh my goodness, it. did you really? I didn't recognize him at it first. It was Barry Windham. I know, yes. it was. You had to Google that? At first, yeah, because I didn't. Oh. This happened to me a lot in pro wrestling when wrestlers would jump back and forth in yeah. WWF. They just look slightly different when yeah. they jump from one to the other. Yeah. And I mean, here, he had like dyed black hair, didn't he? Like he had something. Yeah. Yeah, because he's a widow maker. He's right. A, he's mean. He's yeah. a bad guy. You yeah. can't have, you know, bleach blonde hair and be a bad guy, huh, Ric Flair? And so, yeah, so Barry Windham is on this. <laughs> it's the first match. The Widowmaker, Barry Windham, is going to take on Dirty Dennis Allen. I don't know Dennis Allen. That's okay to not know Dennis Allen because he, I had to look him up. He's only like 21 in this match. Like, can oh, okay. you be, can you imagine being a jobber in like the WWF at 21? Like, yeah, I would have to ask the Hardys because that was, they were jobbers at like 16. Yeah. yeah. They were so. holding the King of the Ring door open for King Stone Cold Steve Austin in 96. Were so. they really? Yes, they were the, the, the doormen. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. With special guest referee Rugged Ronnie Garvin. Yes, this is when he lost a match to, what's his name? Greg. He lost a match to Greg Valentine, and it was like a loser leaves the company, or you can't wrestle again match. So then, naturally... You know, Jack Tunney had to give his employees something else to do. So he made him a referee. So now he's a ref. And he yeah. is, yeah, he like towers over Dennis Allen. So he's towering over one of the wrestlers in the match. Not to mention that Hands of Stone Ronnie Garvin is one of the toughest men to ever lace up a pair of wrestling boots. And now he's refereeing. So that's, you know. It proved to me that he, you know, he's a company <laughs> guy. Former NWA champion here. Yeah. The referee. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, two former NWA champions right. with Barry Windham. So. Well, at least Windham is, is the star of this match. So. Oh, yeah. He's the star, all right. Because Dennis <laughs> Allen didn't get shit. <laughs> <laughs> Barry Windham hits a running inverted atomic drop on Allen. A belly-to-back suplex, and he cocks his invisible shotgun, which is, like I guess, the Widowmaker, the gun. Yeah. So I guess that's his gimmick. I don't know. Got it. He hits a superplex, which is his finisher, and he wins. He gets in Ronnie Garvin's face for a minute, and then he just leaves. We go back to the studio now. Piper is excited about having his own pencil. He was excited to have a pencil. And he was obsessed with this pencil for this segment. Because sometimes you need the eraser, you know. Right. 
And then he talks about how ugly Barry Wyndham is. Piper says, Wyndham could use a colon cleanser. Oh. Does that mean I get to have my own pencil and everything? Oh, yeah, everything, everything. <laughs> a pencil with an eraser on it. an eraser. We know, all know how important erasers are these days. In case you want to, want to use it. Yes, Widowmaker, yeah. obviously. <laughs> well, uh, ugly puppy, huh? The Widowmaker? <laughs> Puts that hair back like that. So sort that of. Uh, like someone just put putty. Right there in the middle of his face. He looked kind of dangerous to me in there, right? Oh, yeah, it looks like he needs some colon cleanser. <laughs> you know, we can't we can't have you just laying on the set here like this. You know, for, that's the truth because eternity. I've been watching. You need some women in this studio. I've so? been watching some yeah. of these puppies, gonna, Matt. Can, can, we're we get, can we get some kind of a chair here some for kind of, Hot Rod? Oh, thank yeah. you. How's that, Rod? Thank you. Fine. The stagehand brings in Roddy Piper's director's chair. Yes. From. Piper's Pit segments, I guess. Yes. This is the same chair. SummerSlam coming up on August 28th. It's at the Meadowlands. Piper asks if his chin will get as big as Bobby Heenan's if he sits in this chair. Bobby you, Heenan has a huge chin. Sadly, he has no chin today, but... Oh, okay. Uh, back in 1989, yes, he does. And Roddy Piper believes it's from hosting this show you get a big chin. Mean Gene is standing by in the control room. It's time for your WWF Magazine update. Mean Gene mentions that Ronnie Garvin, who we just saw, DQ'd Dino Bravo in a match they had, and they show the highlights of him DQing him, and then getting into a fight with Dino Bravo, but the other refs come out and break it up. Mean Gene says Garvin is stepping over the line. Jack Tunney then appears and says Garvin is warned, and if he does it again, he'll get suspended. Craig Valentine then appears and says Garvin is a lousy ref, and Terrible. Garvin, why wait? Suspend him now. Yeah. Just like I've told you all along, Rugged Ronnie Garvin is a lousy referee. He's the worst referee in the WWF. And no, I don't agree with Jack Tunney. He should be suspended right now and never referee again. Exactly. And He's it, got a point. Jack Tunney was not a man of action. No. Jack Tunney, which, and you know, whatever happened to Jack Tunney? We never got a full, did he get impeached? Did he get... Yeah, he just disappeared. Yeah. I just found out that the director's chair is the same chair from the movie They Live. So oh, right, right. Because that came out in November 4th of 1988, and this is July 89. Piper does a Greg Valentine impression with a clothespin on his nose. Then we go to a Mr. Perfect match already in progress. They couldn't even show us the beginning of this match, where Heenan is arguing with Monsoon and Shivani. They're all three on commentary. It's just Heenan arguing with Gorilla and Tony Shivani on the announcer's table. Heenan says you can take this job and shove it. Heenan storms off to the delight of the crowd during this match. Mon oh, this is the replay. Okay, I'm with you. Go on. Yeah. Monsoon assures Tony... He'll be back. He always comes back. Perfect says, Now you know why I'm perfect as he chops this mulleted jobber. The jobber hulks up temporarily before Perfect cuts him off. Heenan says he'll have his own product and you'll beg him to be on it. The camera misses the Perfect Plex because we're focused on the announcers and then Perfect gets the win. We're back in the studio now. Piper asks Gorilla, Do you miss Bobby? And Gorilla says... No. Gorilla says you would miss the plague before you miss Bobby Heenan, which I don't I don't think that's true, but that's yeah. Gorilla says we'll check in with the brain soon. We go to Sean Mooney in the control room who just recently taped a uh, DVD for the WWE. He's really I think he's best of the 80s maybe. He hosts a DVD for them and he's also a news anchor out in like Kansas somewhere. Is he now? So, yeah, local oh, okay. news anchor. So he's still So Sean Mooney still has his little 
finger in in wrestling every now and then. So yeah, and they made him put on that jacket too. They made him put on his really? WWE jacket as well. It says WWE now, but it's that old style jacket. It's the old style, yeah. Sean Mooney tosses to Mr. Fuji with the powers of pain for a promo. Warlord and Barbarian say they beat people up and they'll make Mr. Fuji happy. Mooney then tosses to King Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and Duggan hates it when people desecrate the flag. Oh, hey folks. You know what really wants to churn my guts up? What really makes my hair stand on end? What really upsets King Hacksaw Jim Duggan? That's when somebody out there desecrates this flag right here. The flag of the United States of America. The land of the free and the home of the brave. And as long as there's air in Hacksaw Jim Duggan's body, and as long as there's blood in my veins, I'll defend this flag with every breath of my life. So Haku... Savage, Weasel, anybody else out there, don't disgrace the flag. Don't look down your nose at this country because it's protected by Hacksaw Jim Duggan, the king of the WWF. Ho! He salutes to Mooney, and then Mooney cheesily salutes back back. to a tape. We go back to the studio with Roddy and Gorilla. Roddy picks up a visor and says it looks like Bobby's underwear. Now we go see Bobby Heenan. He's in makeup. He's in the makeup chair. Heenan says he doesn't need Gorilla or the punk in the skirt. Well, Monsoon, eat your heart out. You finally got your wish. You're host of primetime. And I guess now you can, uh, how do I say it? You can wear the pants on the show. I don't need you, and I don't need that piper, that punk in the skirt. You see, I got the Bobby Heenan show. And coming up very shortly, it's going to be the hottest show in television. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody in the world's talking about it. And I've got the greatest array of talent in the world. Oh, yes. I got guests that no other show can get. I got the cream of the crop. So you humanoids, stay tuned. Because very shortly, you're going to be seeing Bobby Heenan and the Bobby Heenan Show. And Monsoon and Piper, eat your heart out. Now, fix the back of the hair. I'm not going to tell you again, or you can be parking cars here, Touch. Well, well, we go to break, and we come back, and Roddy Piper has found a Frankenstein mask and says that's what Heenan looks like in the makeup chair. Now, yes, is your next match, Sandy Beach taking on Paul Roma. We join it in progress as well. Roma has Sandy Beach in an ankle lock, and Roma goes back to work on it throughout the match. Beach bails outside, and Roma says, get your ass back in here, which was picked up on the mic. Roma single legs Beach and then knees Beach in the hamstring. Roma goes back to an ankle lock. Beach rakes Roma's eyes to get out of it. He hits a backbreaker on Roma. Then he puts Roma in a chin lock. He shoots Roma into a turnbuckle and Roma sells his back. Sandy Beach puts Paul Roma in a bear hug, but Roma fights out of it. Beach goes right back to a chin lock. Sandy Beach then scoop slams Paul Roma and goes upstairs, but Roma slams him off the top turnbuckle. Roma says, Come on, Beach, get up. Roma delivers some right hands and then clotheslines him. A vertical suplex to Beach, a power slam for the win, and Paul Roma has washed the Beach away. What'd you think of that match? Uh, wow. Yeah. It was really, really bad. Yes. But it wasn't as bad as the main event coming up later. Yeah, no. The main event was pretty rough. Roma, as he's leaving this jobber match... Says bye to Vladimir the Superfan was in the front row. Do you know who Vladimir the Superfan is? I do not. I will pull up a picture of Vladimir the Superfan and you will you will recognize Vladimir. This is Vladimir the Superfan. Oh, really? Yeah. 
that guy. I mean, he still shows up to events today. So, and WWE did a, a list ranking the super fans, you know, that you would recognize. Yeah, Vladimir number one, baby. We go back to the studio. Roddy Piper says he met Sandy Beach's brother when he cut off someone in New York traffic and met Sonny of a beach. <laughs> Too much trouble for Paul Sandy Rumble, Beach. I no, I met it's... his brother one time. He did. Uh, yes, in New York. I cut a fellow off in a car, and he said something about sunny beaches, sunny beaches. <laughs> sunny the, beach. There's a whole bunch of those beaches family. They're all sunny, sandy, a whole I'm, bunch of them, yes. I, I'm sure that uh, <laughs> his mother did not name him Sandy Beach. <laughs> no, I don't know. Got the finger. I'm sure Piper's gotten the finger a lot in life. So Piper was swinging and missing with a lot of jokes on here. We give Piper a lot of credit. I mean, he's yeah, one of Piper's, the best ever. But this was a crash and burn on the night. <laughs> oh, and comedy. For, comedy for, was dead on arrival. For comedy was the Undertaker. It was a dead man. Piper and Gorilla Monsoon talk about Zeus and Hogan because, as you know, No Holds Barred came out last month, June, and was still in theaters at this time, so. And, of course, SummerSlam, the big showdown, it's yeah. gonna be Macho Man and Zeus taking on Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Hogan. The Mega Maniacs, brother. Piper mentions fighting in real life is different than fighting in movies. So, Hogan and Zeus, uh, well, Zeus, I guess. You know, this he's in for something real, I guess. Hogan's in for something real, because Zeus is the greatest of all time. Zeus is the absolute best wrestler ever. So, I mean... Number one. We go to highlights of Zeus and Macho Man making the challenge for no, the No Holds Barred match on at SummerSlam. They were on the Brother Love show. Yes. Doing that. Ed Leslie and Hulk Hogan show up. They accept the challenge for SummerSlam, and Hogan... Hogs the mic here and doesn't let Brutus say, but maybe two three, sentences. Yeah, like three words. Wrecking machine, a human wrecking machine. This guy is so big, Hulk. What do you think about that? Well, you know, I had problems with a dude in the movie, man. Before, during, and after the filming, man. And now that he thinks he's a superstar, he thinks he's gonna walk into our backyard, the WWF, and take everything that we work for. Well, you know something, brother? When you're in the jungle and you cross into somebody's domain, whether it be a continental divide, a river, or a valley, man, sometimes the hunter becomes the hunted, brother. And even though Zeus is a lot bigger than you and I, brother, even though he may be more powerful than both of us put together, if we hunt together as a Pac-Man, if you nip at his heels with the clippers, if I keep pounding him in the face, sooner or later, we'll chop him down to size, and then we'll have two macho men in the ring, brother. And at SummerSlam, when Brutus cuts and struts and Hulkamania runs wild, I actually feel sorry for the remains. And if Scary Sherry gets in your face, brother, what are you going to do with those clippers, dude? Oh, scary Sherry. Oh, when I get my hands on that Scary Sherry, brother, I can't... I tell you what I'm gonna Give do. Give her a Baldo Rinaldo for me. What you gonna do when the barber and the hoster run wild on you? <laughs> the great debate, Patrick. Which is a better film? No Holds Barred or Ready to Rumble? Oh, Ready to Rumble. <laughs> okay. That's what I was gonna say, too. Ready to Rumble is the greatest wrestling movie of all time. Well, the bar is pretty low. True. But Ready to Rumble is the greatest wrestling movie of all time. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, no. do you count The Wrestler as a wrestling movie? Yeah. I think The Wrestler is the best wrestling movie of all time. But as far as not as a, not a drama, not like a serious right. film. Oh, I think, yeah, Ready to Rumble is... I mean, they're, they're both not good films. No Holds Barred <laughs> yeah. and Ready to Rumble. But 
Ready to Rumble, I think, is I can sit through it a lot easier than No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred has No Holds Barred has spots in it that just die. Like I mean, it's yeah. just totally boring. And at least Ready to Rumble keeps moving. SummerSlam this year in 1989 is happening on a Monday, Patrick. Back in the day of when didn't matter when you had your pay per view, you could just you could just put it whenever. Yeah, and so they were on Monday. Having SummerSlam. Roddy says you should never take your opponent for granted. Then it's time for Gorilla to toss to Tito Santana. Ariba. And he's going to take on Boris Zukov. Wow. Boris Zukov, another Russian from Virginia. Yes. Where the United States seems to produce a lot of Russians for some reason. We're just talented that way. Tito gets Zukov in an armbar, and he does this so that we can hear from Rick Martel, who pops up in our screen and cuts a promo. Then Tito hits a back body drop. Well, Rick Martel and Tito are feuding. This is the old... They, strike Force. Strike Force, yes. The this breakup. was when they broke up. Yeah, this is when the Strike Force imploded. Strike Force explodes. Yeah. And so he pops up and cuts a promo on Tito. Tito strike, strike Force was a great tag team by the way just they had a terrible theme song though yeah girls in cars yeah fuck girls in cars man. <laughs> tito hits a back body drop and then the mexican hammer for the win which is a uh flying burrito a flying burrito or a flying <laughs> forearm i i almost called it a flying burrito <laughs> i and, called it a flying burrito because well, piper watching. when they come back just talks about burritos <laughs> yes. when they talk about tito i wish ventura was here to call him chico chico yeah <laughs> very politically correct it's time to go to brother love Brother Love introduces brother, genius, Lanny Poffo. Genius gives Brother Love an honorary degree. He's the doctor of love. And then he receives his own Brother Love cap and gown. You ever wonder why Brother Love's face was so red? Why did they do that? What did that achieve? Brother, okay, because Brother Love was... Bruce Pritchard, right? Bruce Pritchard. The gimmick was an old Southern Baptist preacher. But he would no one would be that red in the face. If you have ever been to an old Southern Baptist church where the preacher gets worked up and he starts, you know, screaming and fussing, he he does get very red in the face. Okay. Never gets that red, <laughs> but but it's the gimmick. So why not take it from here and raise it way up there? So he tells the genius, I love you. That's almost like Paul Bear doing the voice there. And so he hugs Genius, and that's the end of the segment. Yeah. We go back to the studio, and Roddy Piper says, How could Brother Love know love with a tummy that big? Implying, I think, that he can't have sex because Pretty his much. stomach is that big. Yeah. And then claims that Brother Love is going through puberty. Because his voice cracks. Oh, yeah, because... Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Tony Schiavone, a moment in time here. He's about halfway through his one-year contract where he would call SummerSlam. He was a part of WrestleMania Five. That's correct, yeah. He And he called SummerSlam and he called the Royal Rumble. Yeah. So his two pay-per-views as a commentator. They wanted to groom him to replace Gorilla, and it just uh, never happened for Tony. He uh, pimps the WrestleMania 4 video cassette. This WrestleMania 4, as you know, is a like four-and-a-half-hour show. So It, it took, is. It yeah. took... Two VHS tapes for this show. Two VHS tapes, which you can buy for the low, low price of $39.95. Oh, is that how much they were? Yeah. I didn't see that. Jeez. When they popped, you didn't see it when I he popped it up? The price. He had the price pop like right across the screen there, right? $40 for two tapes. <laughs> two VHS and, tapes. And one of them, you know, I mean, the second tape is only going to be like half as long as the first tape. Right. So. And they go mm. to a tournament match between Jim Duggan and... 
of course, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase with Virgil. And Andre outside. Who is blocking the view of Donald Trump, President Donald Trump in the front row there at Trump yeah. Plaza. I'll call some of the highlights here, even though it's from WrestleMania 4, and they don't show the whole match here. They want you to pay that $40, even though you know the results of the tournament now. Yeah, you still want to buy it. Of Although, course. however, I'm, I've never spent $40 on a VHS in my entire life. That's I'm actually impressed that you can say that, because I think you would have been... If you, would ha- if you were old enough in 1989 to make that call... I would that never have spent. Made. I had. I would never have spent that. The most I have spent on a VHS tape is ten bucks. Duggan does an atomic drop to the Million Dollar Man, who somehow bumps all the way outside to the outside of the ring. Donald Trump, as I mentioned, in front row for this match, but Andre the Giant, his ass is in his face, so he can't see shit. <laughs> And the woman sitting next to Donald Trump, I assume this was his wife at the time, doesn't give a fuck about this match and is reading a magazine. Oh, she doesn't care about the... If, have you watched WrestleMania 4? Yeah, yeah, sadly. Okay. okay, when they keep cutting to her, nine times out of ten, she's sitting there flipping through a magazine. Wow. Like, she did. She was there strictly to... Because he was. Yeah. And it cuts away before the match ends. Spoiler alert, Million Dollar Man wins. He's in the finals with Macho Man Randy Savage at WrestleMania 4. Now it's time for our final, our main event of primetime wrestling from July 17, 1989. Hercules Hernandez, oh boy, <laughs> taking on a very young Mr. Perfect who they actually call Kurt Henning. But first, Gorilla and Piper welcome us back, and we go check in with Bobby. He's in Studio B for Bob. Bobby tells us we are going to see the greatest television show in the history of television. If you're going to see the best television show, it's going to be on television. So yeah, that was a little unnecessary. Well, you know, it's Bobby Heenan, though. He just he feels like he needed to elaborate. He says, Arsenio Regis Merv, eat your heart out. That's right. They go back to Piper and Gorilla. I love how he was sitting there forcing the guy at the top to put the lights up correctly. You, Oaf. That light. Well, it won't... Hey, will you keep moving? Well, it won't be long now. You're going to see the greatest television show in the history of television. Bobby Heenan Show. And yes, Monsoon and all you humanoids out there, you can't be on it. So eat your hearts up. I have to do everything here. I'm getting the lighting fixed. I'm getting my set ready. And just think, the greatest guests in the world are going to be my guests on my show, The Bobby Heenan Show. So stay tuned. Don't leave. Don't go away. Or you're going to be missing the greatest moment in history of television. Arsenio, Regis, Johnny, Merv, whoever. Eat your heart out. You'll never see a show like it. I got work to do. Okay, make the... Piper says Studio B means that you have to do everything yourself. Yep. Now it's feature time. It's main event. Mr. Perfect is in the ring waiting the almighty Hercules Hernandez. Shivani and Mooney are on the call for this match, if you want to call it that. Mr. Perfect is on an undefeated streak. You could say... He is absolutely perfect. He's got a perfect record. Hercules swings his chain, as he always did, and then Perfect runs away. Mooney calls him Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig. Kayfabe breaking there. Yeah. Dave Hebner warns Hercules about your chain. Hey, buddy, don't use that chain. I let you come in here and swing it, but don't use it during the match. Mr. Perfect slaps Hercules and then runs away. Mr. Perfect refuses to engage Hercules. He keeps just getting in the ring and getting right back out. This goes on for ages. Hercules eventually catches Mr. Perfect before he can escape again. 
He chokes him and hip tosses him, and Mr. Perfect escapes again. Perfect gets back in the ring and fights Hercules, lays some rights in, before Hercules lands some rights of his own and punches Kurt Henning right out of the ring. Hercules slingshots Perfect back into the ring, a side headlock takedown to Mr. Perfect. Then Hercules slings Perfect to the turnbuckle and he bounces out and face plants. They repeat this spot again. And Hercules covers for two, but Perfect gets a foot on the ropes. Perfect gets trapped in a bear hug. Perfect escapes with a thumb to the eyes. Perfect tries a scoop slam, but Hercules reverses it into a press slam. There's a bad jump cut where Mr. Perfect had raked Hercules' neck across the ropes, and then suddenly they cut, and he was back in the ring covering Hercules for two. So a nasty jump cut in the middle of this match. Which is scary to think that this match was even longer. That they cut something out of this match. Perfect... Tease is using Hercules' chains on him, but Dave Hebner is not going to stand for that. And he stops him. Hercules lands some knees and some clotheslines. Hercules puts Mr. Perfect in the torture rack. The bell rings. Oh, my goodness. Oh, the time limit expired. And this bout is a draw. So. What the fuck? Mr. Perfect still has a perfect record. With an asterisk beside it. I mean, Goldberg didn't have any draws on his way to 190 million and 0. (laughs) He never lost. Actually, he lost his first match, you know, before it was on TV. He lost his first match, Goldberg. Well, I'm talking about Henning. Really, oh. though, Goldberg lost his first match? Yeah. Wh- who was it? Uh, let's see. Bill Goldberg's final match before he was put on TV was on July 24th in 1996, I believe. Okay. Maybe 97. July, I'm going to say, yeah, it's going to be a 97. So July 24th, 1997, in a dark match before a Saturday night taping, Bill Goldberg lost to Chad Fortune. Wow. So Chad Fortune. One of the few. Yes. Who is a monster truck driver now. He is. Which, what does he drive? The Superman truck. (laughs) What? No, he drives Soldier Fortune. Okay. He did drive the Superman truck. So there you go. Yes, Chad Fortune is is a monster truck driver now. And he beat Goldberg. He owns a win over Goldberg. Only like four or five people can say they beat Goldberg. That is Goldberg. true. That is a rare... That, that's something I would be bragging about. Yeah. Now, sure, it was in a dark match, but there you go. Who cares? So there you go. Mr. Perfect's streak is intact. This match was terrible, Patrick. This match... Oh, yeah. This was probably the worst Kurt Henning match I've ever seen. Man, just rest holds after rest yeah. holds. Hercules. And it wasn't it wasn't Kurt's fault. It was the fact that Hercules was so limited. Right. And he didn't he was out of he was winded every five minutes and he just it was a bad match. You know what's weird though is that they decided this should main event primetime wrestling like You've got all these matches you tape. You know, you tape all these matches at Madison Square Garden. And in New Jersey and all these places, they tape all these matches. And somebody in Titan Towers said, let's go with this one. This is a good main event match. No, Patrick. No. This was probably my, of all the matches we've reviewed on here, my second least favorite next to... Your boy Dory Funk Jr. and Bachwinkle. Oh, that is, that's, still, the that worst is match. still that is a great, great, outstanding, perfect match. They go back to Gorilla and Piper to wrap things up for us. Gorilla says, "Obviously, nothing was settled here, so that means I guess a rematch." We're going to see this match again. <laughs> yeah, book. Buy your tickets now. Oh, this is where Piper makes dog noises to try and scare the weasel. What are you doing now? Ah, dog. Weasels hate dogs. <laughs> Weasels hate dogs. He's, he's not here. He's... I'm sorry, Mrs. Heenan. Excuse me. 
There's a little bit. Whoa, oh, come whoa, on. Whoa, whoa. You know, just a little bit for you. There's, there's nothing regional on this side. Stay with us because right now we're going to show you the debut of the Bobby Heenan Show direct from Studio B. We'll be back next week. Yes. But the weasel's in the other studio. Yeah, he's in Studio B. It's time for the main, the real main event of the evening. The, the Bobby Heenan Show. Yes. Lord Alfred Hayes introduces the one and only star of the Bobby Heenan Show, Bobby Heenan. Oh, hello there. I'm Lord Alfred Hayes, and this is the Bobby Heenan Show. Bobby is a Maharaja of repartee with the glib tongue of a silver serpent. A connoisseur with candid charm, a man of sartorial elegance. He is without a doubt the one and only star of the Bobby Heenan show. I am proud to give you, awfully proud, Bobby Heenan. Comes out wearing a red... Beautiful, beautiful suit. A red sequin suit. He actually, the suit was awesome. Oh, yeah. The suit was the only part of this, I think, that I really enjoyed. (laughs) Because his set... This guy. His set is hilarious because... His set's hilarious because he has, like, a couch that looks like it came out of an old old apartment. Yeah. Like, the shit that they leave behind in an apartment where they're like, I don't care about my deposit. Fuck it. I'm going to leave that couch there. This couch was right out of someone's living room. And then Bobby, instead of having a desk like a normal late night guy, is in, like, an office chair with a footrest in the middle and he's just hanging out there and so this was really low budget looking and i mean that was i guess the goal but right it was, it was supposed to be like so bad it's good right yeah and i think they they achieved a level of bad but it was so bad it's bad oh as i love this see this was forward. awesome oh yeah this was awesome this was torture and it went on for like 30 minutes this was like a big chunk of primetime wrestling yeah like, this was not just, like, a segment. This was, like, damn near a third of the show. <laughs> Bobby said, he's got the guests, the cream of the crop. And I was like, is Macho Man going to come out? Because yeah. I was like, he's talking about the cream of the crop. If Macho Man was guest one, this would have been fantastic. Right. No. Bobby Heenan's a heel. Why would he bring out someone I like? But, even even though King Macho was heel at this time, too. So right. it would have been okay, I think. But instead, it's time to bring out the Oinkettes, Patrick. Yeah, the Oinkettes. Which were, these were super fans as well. They were the Rossetti sisters. They had been featured on Primetime Wrestling before. The Rossetti sisters were three legit sisters Okay. that loved going to these New York house shows. Okay. And I guess they loved it so much, and the company recognized someone, them. Someone was like, book them. And so, <laughs> book them. Here, Bobby calls them, they are going to be playing the role of the Oinkettes. Yes, they're going to walk out his uh, his guests. Yeah. So They serve no other purpose. No. The first Oinkette is out. She is not allowed to touch the host or sit near the new furniture. Oinkette number two is out in a beautiful green bathing suit. They're all wearing bathing suits, basically. Yes. Now, Oinkette number two was a little excited to be there because she had very erect nipples, and it was very distracting on Oinkette number two. And it's all I could focus on because it was just like, I understand that it's a natural reaction for some people, and they can't help it. Right. This is why I always wear a jacket, because if for some reason my nipples get erect, I don't want people to see it. This is a real concern. I don't know. Sometimes it's not even, like I said, sometimes you can't control it. (laughs) 
But if you are sitting near somebody or see somebody with erect nipples, man or woman, okay, it's hard not to look away. I mean, it's hard. It's like, and here oink at number. So you're two. one of those guys that stares at women's boobs instead no, no, of looking no. at their face. Well, this woman was massive. <laughs> oink at number two. But all these women were. I mean, look, they were large ladies. There's nothing wrong with large ladies. I love large ladies, but they just—it's very distracting, especially when you're in that bathing suit attire. Right, I mean, right, it's, right. it's hard not to notice. And right. I mean, so Oink at number two—I mean, it was either really cold in there, or she was just happy to see Bobby Heenan, and so it was very distracting. Oink at number three is out next in blue. Yes, and she compliments Bobby on his eyes. Yes. She loves his eyes. Yes. One of the Oinkettes says she participates in weightlifting, and Bobby says. Which cheeseburgers are you lifting? Yeah. Is that the quarter pounder or a regular che- double cheeseburger? I know what you people are thinking right now, that something's on the stove and you smell bacon cooking. No, it's just the lights are hot. Let me ask you ladies a question. Any of you uh, participate in any kind of sports? Yes, sure. Like what? Weightlifting. Weightlifting. Yeah. Is that like Swing. the quarter pounder or the average uh, double cheese? No, I'm talking real weights. Real, real weights. And, yeah. Uh, what do you like to lift or do in sports? Swim. Swim. Don't ever hit an iceberg. There'll be people diving off you looking at them light bulbs. What about you in the middle? Are you just an Oreo cookie? <laughs> Swimming or softball. They're hard to get down, aren't they, those big softballs? Well, turn around, turn around. I want everybody to see these lovely outfits. I spared no expense here. Look at those backs. Anybody want to play handball? <laughs> turn back around here now. Well, we're going to have my guest out here in a moment. Thank you, Oinkettes. Let's go to a, a little break here while I relax. Time for a commercial break. Now it's time to bring out a guest, of course. Bobby welcomes us back. He says, welcome back, all you shut-ins and guys who can't get a date. You losers sitting at home. I love this. Insulting the audience. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think that USA Network, I know cable isn't what it is today, and you could just put whatever the fuck you want on cable in 1989, but it's crazy that someone at USA Network was like, oh, yeah, you can just insult the audience. You can just have these large women with erect nipples running around. You, That's fine. Put it on. Have, have sure, a great time. Sure, works. Go with it. Then Bobby says, Lord Alfred, get me a guest. Lord Alfred. This guest is, at one time, he worked for NASA. He's the leader of the air traffic control for New York City. LaGuardia. Yeah. La- yeah. He is uh, He's a certified genius. Yes. He is a brilliant man. Talented. One of the premier Nobel Prize winning type of people. And his guest is Jameson Winger. Jameson, to describe his appearance, he was a comedian that Vince found, and he did a stereotypical Jewish character. Yes. So this is a Jewish stereotype-looking character with the glasses and the hair slicked back and just disheveled. Had tape in the middle of his tape glasses. Tape in his glasses. He's a nerd. Yes. He's what Vince thinks of the fan. He he represents us. He is the high school typical dork. Dork. And this is when things get really bad. Because <laughs> this whole segment was ad-libbed. And boy, you can fucking tell. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Bobby says to Jameson, what did you used to do when you worked at NASA? And then Jameson says, I didn't work there. <laughs> I and like then, that. That actually sounds a lot like Bobby him. Bobby says, did you used to, and you work at LaGuardia, you're an air traffic, no, I don't work there either. One of the rules, I'm not an improv comedy actor. Right. I don't 
participate in improv, but I did have high school theater class. We had a, a section on improv, and the one thing you cannot do in improv is say no. You're never supposed to say no. Always go along with it. Yeah, play into it. And so what did Jameson do? No. He shuts Bobby down like right off the bat. Right. And so now it's like pulling teeth because now... Well, you- yeah, you can tell realistically Bobby's getting pissed. And so Bobby starts trying to hunt for stuff to talk just about. Just anything. Yeah, just to make this somewhat work. So then... Astronaut? No, who said that? Rocket scientist? Uh-uh. what you used to do? Nothing. Nothing. No, didn't you do something with NASA? Or, I don't mean the Arab guy I over there. I used to live in Nassau. No, not Nassau. Look at me when I'm speaking. Are you a rocket scientist? No. Yeah. What are you, watching me with one eye and looking at a fly with the other? No. You're, you're not a rocket scientist? Mm-mm. You work at LaGuardia now. You're an air traffic controller? No, I think you have me mistaken with somebody else. I couldn't be. You look like the average person I see at LaGuardia running the place. Well, I'm just your everyday, ordinary kind of guy. Are you married? No. I find that hard to believe. A catch like you. Mm-hmm. I bet they're beating down the doors, huh? Sometimes. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. I bet you probably have a, a pit bull out there just to keep them away. No, I don't like them. But you know, I was under the impression that you, you had something to do with the space program and, you know, maybe the shuttle, maybe walking on the moon or something. You know Neil Armstrong? No. Why, why do you keep doing that? You got ticks? No, I'm just a little nervous. Well, there's nothing to be nervous about. I'm your friend. I'm here to make you feel comfortable. I'm here to help you out. You're my guest. Can I lay down a little? Sure, put your feet up all you want. There. Now tell me a little bit. The the girls in your life. You're unemployed. Uh Uh-huh. You have no job. No. No visible means of support. Well, my... my, You're a bum. No, not really. You're a vagrant. Well... You sleep on the street. Not sometimes, but most of the time I have a room. A room? In my step-cousin's house. Your step-cousin? Uh-huh. Hi, Francesca. Hey, hey, we don't can't say hello to people on this program. What do you think you're on? This is a different kind of a talk show. Uh, eventually, Bobby calls Jameson a bum. You're a vagabond. You, know, you sleep on the street. You're a vagrant. Yeah, and Jameson admits to sometimes sleeping on the street. Jameson eventually finds time to talk about... Was it his sister, Francesca, that yes. you talked about? Yes. yes. She's rich. She's rich. Yeah, she lives mm-hmm. down the street. And then Bobby says, how did you even get here? And Jameson says, my friend Vince sent me on. So yeah, mm-hmm. the more bit of kayfabe shattering yeah. that the yeah. boss, Vince, sent him on there. He told him he would get paid if he would be a guest on the show. I looked at the time remaining. This is one of the problems of having the network. 14 minutes left at this point. And I was like, oh, no. This is this is fucked. This, oh man, this is worse than four hours of WrestleMania 4, I think. Jameson, at one point, then stands up and dances for a moment. And his dancing was. Yes. Uh, it's a little less to be expected. It was pretty bad. He was dancing a lot like Ed Grimley, uh, a character from SNL in the 80s. That was his dancing style here. Oh, Jameson, he wants some money. Yeah, because Vince promised him money. Yeah. And Bobby says, no, you pay me to be on this show. He goes, no, I don't. Lord Alfred, send me another guest. It's time for a mother-daughter comedy troupe. Yes. Penny and Coco. Now, is this an actual comedy group? I googled it, yes. They were still active as of 2016. So, 28 years later, they were still at it. And, I mean, to their television credits, they said that they appeared on Letterman. So, they got 
onto. Yeah, they some did shows. look familiar from some stuff, but uh, I mean. But then some of the other appearances were like at county fairs and stuff, and they yeah. had one of their television appearances as the Bobby Heenan show. So, but they were still together. I mean, they're mother and daughter, so they're going to be together. But they, I figured this comedy act would not last. No, because this was bad. Coco, the mom, tries to make bad jokes. What? Penny is the daughter, and Penny will just ask Coco. This will all be this will be a very heavily clipped episode of Retro Wrestling Podcast because I've got to fill in with the actual audio for oh this, yeah for a lot of this stuff. But so what Penny tries to do is she'll ask her mom a question, and then Coco will make the joke. It was a lot of swinging. I thought Roddy Piper was swinging and missing. Oh yeah, this was swinging for the fences, but you're swinging it balls down in the dirt. I mean, this was a bad. And Jameson was still there. He was on the couch. Yes, Jameson was moved over to the other couch. Yes, he with w- a pillow over his crotch. Yes, because he was. He thought that um, the daughter Penny. Yeah, yeah, he was into was, Penny. Yes, he was, and he wanted to meet her. And Bobby told him to sit down, pervert, and cover himself. So. All right. Hello, everybody. My name is Penny, and uh, this is my partner. Oh, wait a minute. What are you doing? Quiet, Penny. I'm practicing my exercises. Exercises? Yeah, I was watching Dr. Ruth, and she said you could do them anyway. <laughs> oh, what are you doing? Relax, kid. I was just fixing my bra. Now, please. Some very nice viewing audience out here. You know, they can read you like a book. Then they know on the inside I'm the joy of sex. <laughs> yeah, and on the outside you're the joy of cooking. <laughs> Penny. Now, please, we're at the beginning of our act, and I think we should introduce ourselves. My name is Penny. And I'm... Dolly Parton. Woo! <laughs> now, now, wait a minute, Mom. You are not Dolly Parton. Well, now, how do you know? Did you ever see her without her wig or her makeup? Well, no. Hello, you all. I'm Dolly Parton. Woo! <laughs> well, you do have one thing in common. One thing? Well, I did have two when I came in. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> before we go any further, I'm sure you could tell by now, Bobby, that my mother is not your usual average mother. Well, let me explain. You see, she has a split personality. No, I don't. Yes, I do. No, I don't. Yes, I do. Now, enough is enough. Why don't you just tell us what you did today? Well, I went into the church without my shirt on. What happened? Well, a guy came by. He said, you can't come in here like that. So I told him, I have a divine right. And then what did he say? He said, you have a divine left, too. (laughs) But next time, wear a blouse. Oh, mother. You know, Penny, when I left the house this evening, your daddy said to me, Goodbye, mother of three. I said goodbye, father of one. (laughs) Uh, Can't you talk about something else, anything else? Let me see, let me see. Oh, yeah! I went to a Mexican restaurant last night. Oh, a Mexican restaurant? Which one? Eat and Runs. Eat and Runs? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, how's the food? Oh, the food there is so hot. Before you go, you have to keep your toilet paper in the freezer. (laughs) I know it's hard to believe, but she's really a very nice person. (laughs) Now, you know you're not supposed to be going out to restaurants. You're supposed to be on a diet. But I am on a diet. Well, what diet are you on? I'm on that liquid diet. How is that liquid diet? Oh, it's heck trying to get a Big Mac up a straw. (laughs) What other diets have you tried? Uh, Dr. Stillman's water diet. What happened? (laughs) I peed myself to death. Mm. We're doing that... (laughs) 
Scarsdale diet? Oh, yeah, I shot my doctor. <laughs> Have you ever thought about trying any diet pills? Oh, well, I was once on the Valiums diet. What's the Valiums diet? You take 30 Valiums and the food falls out of your mouth. Real good. Okay, Real ladies. Good. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think we're, we're losing our audience now. They're down on the floor at home. One, one of the bad jokes the mom made, I only wrote down one. Penny asks her, how do you, you know, watch your weight? And the mom says, I'm on the Valium diet where you take 30 Valium and the food falls out of your mouth. <laughs> Which is funny how I delivered it, but listening to Coco deliver this line was misery, misery yeah. at its finest. Yes. Penny is angry at her mom for setting her up with a transvestite, she mentions. Wow. This is uh, very cutting-edge stuff here. Double your wardrobe. By the way, I want to tell you, I stopped going out with that guy you sent me up with. But why, Penny? He was such a very nice boy. He was a transvestite. <laughs> Just think, dear, if you marry him, you'll double your wardrobe. Oh, mother. <laughs> well. Right. Yeah, at least you guys can share clothes now. Yeah. That's what Coco says. <laughs> Bobby at the end of all this, says, it's hard to believe that someone as semi-attractive as Penny doesn't have a boyfriend. Now, he asked Penny, do you like sailors? Oh, seafood. Okay. <laughs> and then, Bobby, as he's signing off for this landmark edition, this, this historic moment we just witnessed, Yes. Bobby says, if you want to see Coco and Penny, you're wasting your money. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> oh, and then, um, and Lord Alfred Hayes says who his next week's guests were going to be. And who were they? They were an 89-year-old stripper. Wow. So tune in next week. Yeah. And I can't remember the other one. I'll, so. I'll include the Alfred Hayes tease for next week's episode. That's it. It's time to go. I'll be back next week with some more of my special guests. And if you want to see them, you're wasting your time. See you later, Lenny. No, you won't. Come on. Next week on The Bobby Heenan Show, an 84-year-old stripper and a man who whistles through his nose. But Jameson would go on to be Bobby's fucking co-host on this show. Are you serious? Yes, yeah, someone, someone, Vince or somebody, liked this enough to say, I want him every week. And you know, this guy was still, Jameson, yeah. made it to 1992 with this company. Because he walked out with the Bushwhackers at SummerSlam 92. A Royal right. Rumble 92. I knew I recognized him from somewhere. Okay. Yeah, so he actually showed up in the, the ring, Yeah, basically. Man, he got three years of work out of this or whatever. And I've got some Jameson, a little background on Jameson. Uh, John DiGiacomo is Jameson. That's his real name. This is from WorldWrestlingInsanity.com. And this is he talks about his time with Bobby Heenan. Everything I ever did with WWF was all improv, I can tell. It was all ad-libbed. Bobby was a master, and he made it easy for me. We kind of clicked right from the get-go. <laughs> he don't. must have not watched the show. Yeah, I don't know about that. He says they brought me in. Vince totally did this to Bobby unannounced. So Bobby had no knowledge of this guy walking into the studio. I would be pissed. Vince wanted Jameson in character and interact with Bobby because they're looking for a co-host. He says from the minute Bobby laid eyes on him, he knew they were going to be kind of magic. It's what Mr. Jameson said. And you know what? He nearly got a job in WCW. Really? Because WCW, oh, you're from WWE. Oh, uh, yeah. You work there? Here. Here's yeah. a paycheck. Yeah. They asked me. For me, it just wasn't feasible because they had studios in Atlanta. I'm not going down to Atlanta with everything else I had going on. I had 
started writing by then. I actually wrote a play that went off Broadway, and I felt I needed to stay close to New York to get my part of my career jumping. So he turned down WCW because he didn't want to live in Atlanta, and thank goodness he did. So we were done with Jameson forever. And they wouldn't have been able to call him Jameson, so I mean, Stevenson. Or yeah. yeah. James. James. Just You're just James now. Who are you? I'm James. 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 So that is primetime wrestling. Uh, my first experience with primetime wrestling, and it might be my last because, man. I'm going to actually tune in for next week's episode because I want to see this 89-year-old stripper. The Bobby Heenan show did have some train wreck value to it, but it was so bad that, and it, it just took so long. If it was more condensed and terrible, like I said, they were going for so bad, it's it's good. Yeah, like a bad B-rated movie, kind of like yeah. like we talked about with the House of Horrors match. Like all the stuff with the final deletion is all like tongue in cheek. Like you're in on the joke. We know this is supposed to be shitty. Yeah, but they made it so bad that it was actually shitty, and that's why. I felt like it kind of failed. It, well, I say kind of. It failed. This I was not a fan of this Bobby Heenan show. See, and I loved it. This episode of I it. sat there and laughed my ass off through all this. Because it was so shitty, it was entertaining. Bobby, I mean, Bobby's facial, sometimes he would... Uh, he winked at the camera once. He yeah. went, I, I feel like he wasn't in, interjecting enough yeah. to keep it flowing but yeah this was and and, i mean primetime wrestling before the bobby heenan show on this episode was fucking terrible i mean yeah i i love roddy piper but gorilla and piper didn't have a lot of chemistry no in the the studio especially not like bobby and gorilla and the matches were oh that mr perfect hercules matches like i said it's one of the worst things i've ever seen take place in a ring stay tuned ladies and gentlemen because we're going to get a rematch of it yeah stay tuned locked stay locked in to hercules and mr perfect especially knowing how good mr perfect was in the ring to see that Ooh, yeah that was ugly so on our rating scale patrick prime time wrestling slash the bobby heenan show from july 17 1989 from hornswoggle to giant gonzalez i have a feeling you won't be in the giant gonzalez territory this week no I'm going to give it a a Jameson. Oh, you beat me to it. I am going to give it a a oink at number two. Oh, so it's with erect nipples and everything. Yeah, everything <laughs> in that beautiful bathing suit, that beautiful leotard. An oink at number two for primetime wrestling slash the Bobby Heenan show from July seventeenth, nineteen eighty nine. Now, that was my pick, and I picked it primarily, too, because I knew it was only an hour and a half. Yeah. Now, I knew it was a tough watch, even for an hour and a half, but uh, it was it was very good. So, Patrick, this week it's your pick. Where will we be going for next week? Well, I was going to do some world class with, uh, with Kevin coming out of retirement, but if we have another slow week of news, there's no way in hell we can only do an entire radio show on a 40 minute oh yeah episode so i went ahead and went another direction you picked from 1989 so we're going to go back to 1989 we're going to go to the very first ever halloween havoc 1989 featuring 
the Thunderdome match. Oh, good. I haven't seen this pay-per-view, so this will You be have good. Sting and Ric Flair taking on Terry Funk and the Great Muda in a tag team Thunderdome match. I know Dusty loved the Thunderdome. He was gone by then. You had, uh, uh, you had the Skyscrapers as well, so you're going to get another... Mark, mean Mark Callis. Mean Mark Callis. So, yeah. Well, that will be The Freebirds and so much more. Halloween came early this year. It came in May of 2017 to go back to 1989, October of 1989. So uh, you can check out all the episodes at RetroWrestlingPodcast.com and on SoundCloud and everywhere else. You've already listened, so you found it. I don't know why I do this at the end of the show. One day I'll do... I might move tell this your to fa- the- Tell your friends... Tell yes. your family. Tell your friends and your family if they really love you, they'll listen to this podcast. Exactly. At least click play. Just click play. You don't even have to listen to the whole thing. I just need spins. One once you hear my voice though, you're gonna be locked you're in. You're gonna be locked in. Yeah. So. It's it's a lot better sounding than Jameson's voice. So I know guys. I'm intern Alex. I'm the one and only the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying as always. My closing line's a clothesline. Bingo bango. The Bobby Heenan Show brought to life the comedic stylings of Heenan. It also featured Lord Alfred Hayes as Bobby's announcer, the Rosati sisters as his oinkettes, and Jameson as his dim-witted sidekick. This is Jameson. Hi, Resident moron here. He was way ahead of its time in the show itself. And Bobby, again, had such talent. You could take Bobby and put him anywhere on any television show. I mean, he would have... You would have given Johnny Carson a run for his money. You really would have. We're here making television history right now. It was, all I can say it was interesting. I think it, I, everybody was kind of in awe, like, okay, what's going to happen next? Some of the guests were a little odd.